Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. You are cordially invited to a very special celebration, an exclusive event for the social elite. May I have your invitation, sir? All right, buddy, take that, all right? And get me some grateful partner. <laughs> it's Rodney Dangerfield. What a party. Looks like the unhappy hour. Hi, you come here often? Don't worry, honey, I'm not making a play for you. How do I this guy look? Sorry. Governor Preston, I'd like you to meet while we spark. Hey, Governor, how are you, huh? You don't know how excited I am to meet you. <laughs> meet Wally Sparks. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to do the movie... Meet Wally Sparks from 1997. The studio was Largo Entertainment. They existed from 1991 to 1999. Point Break was actually their first film. It was distributed through Trimark Films, which lasted from 1984 to 2001. So that should say everything about this movie at this point. Release date, January 31st, 1997. The running time, 105 minutes, and it was rated R. No idea about the budget. The box office took in $4 million, making it the 151st ranked movie of 1997. Rotten Tomatoes only had 15 reviews, and of those 15 reviews, it's 13% rotten. Edward Guthman of the San Francisco Chronicle gave it, amazingly, 4 out of 5 stars. If you know the pink section of the San Francisco Chronicle, what used to be the entertainment section, they used to have this little man who would give different ratings in his seat. And so for this one, the little man is actually clapping. (laughs) So there you go. You can just check out the little man uh, online. You can see the various uh, forms of the caricatures that equal the ratings. So here's his review. In Meet Wally Sparks, a guilty pleasure that opened yesterday at Bay Area Theaters, Rodney Dangerfield plays the ultimate tabloid talk show host. A quote-unquote media hog, so foul, so body, and lecherous, he makes Geraldo look like an airbrush Billy Graham clone. Cisco Niebert reviewed me, Wally boasts, and gave me one finger up. Ta-dum, symbol crash. <laughs> This morning I saved a girl from being attacked, Wally says, eyes as big as fried eggs. I changed my mind. (laughs) Sorry, I'm doing my best, Rodney. Dangerfield is the king of lowbrow one-liners, and in Meet Wally Sparks, a movie he co-wrote with stand-up comic Harry Basil, he wallows in them. Unabashedly goony and difficult not to like, Meet Wally Sparks works off a premise so flimsy it's almost not worth mentioning. Threatened with cancellation by a sponsor-conscious network, Wally nails an interview with the governor of Georgia, played by David Ogden Steers. Wally stumbles onto a political sex scandal and ends up broadcasting from the governor's mansion. Meet Wally Sparks spoofs talk show sleaze, 
but it's really an excuse for Dangerfield, who just turned 75, to prove he's one of the funniest men who ever breathed. Gas jokes, dog excrement jokes, horny old geezer jokes, Dangerfield does them all, gets big belly laughs, and makes it all seem harmless. Cat-eyed Debbie Mazur is a blast as Sparks' his ruthless producer, and Cindy Williams from Laverne and Shirley heaves herself into a role of the governor's prim but easily corrupted wife. Tony Danza, Michael Bolton, Jay Leno, Roseanne Barr, and Tim Allen deliver cameos, apparently in deference to the way cool, hysterically funny Dangerfield. And that's the end of Guthman's review. Now, I'm shocked I found one positive review, especially from the San Francisco Chronicle, which is a legit source. This is the type of film critics despise. Now look, I'm a big Rodney Dangerfield fan. His comedy, his talk show appearances from the past, and his films. None of his films match Caddyshack or even Back to School, but I give them all a chance. So much so, I even saw Meet Wally Sparks in the theater when it first came out. And for one scene alone, it was totally worth it. We'll get there in a bit. Now, this was the first starring role for Rodney since 1992's Ladybugs, which I did an episode for back in episode 161. Go check it out. He did have a memorable role in Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers in 1994. Now, the director of the film was Peter Baldwin, who started his career as an actor in the 1950s, but really made a name for himself directing TV shows in the 60s. His resume is awesome. It includes The Dick Van Dyke Show, Gomer Pyle, USMC, The Andy Griffith Show, The Partridge Family, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, The Brady Bunch, Sanford and Son, The Original Bob Newhart Show, and later Newhart, Chico and the Man, CPO Sharky, Too Close for Comfort, Murphy Brown, The Wonder Years, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I mean, he had many others, but those were the biggies. And suffice to say, Meet Wally Sparks was his only feature film that he directed. Okay, let's get into the film. Uh, There's not a ton of clips, so I apologize. You're going to have to see the film if you want to. Uh, The film begins with a montage of some of the mid-90s TV talk show hosts. The sleaziest host of them all was Wally Sparks, played by Rodney Dangerfield. But we also see some real hosts of the era, which include Sally Jesse Raphael, Geraldo Rivera, Rolanda Watts, Gabrielle Cartiers, Jerry Springer, Richard Bay, and Morton Downey Jr., Senator Bob Doe says that the trash TV and the beach of controversy. In Infinity back shock jock Howard Stern. Give this garbage off comment on the TV censorship. continues his attack on TV talk shows. The talk shows. Howard Stern in FCC suit. Exploitative, perverted, divided. audience, welcome to the show. I have a very unusual guest today. Cowboy Phil and his kids. Weird and wacky. He insisted that he come dressed in drag. Why? Now the woman I am fierce. I don't believe this. We're discussing the problem of nudity on television. I just got back from Las Vegas and they lost their shirt. They lost their shirt. Make them happy. What is going on? Hey ladies and gentlemen, the talk show host you love to hate, Wally Sparks. Me. Hey, what a crowd, what a crowd. I'll tell you, I'm all right now, but this morning I was in rough shape, you know. And this morning I did my push-up the nude. I didn't see the mousetrap. Today I saved the girl from being attacked. I changed my mind. I am 
if you are just joining this show, sit down. Right now, folks, in the start our show with a segment called It's Hard to Believe. Well, as my ex-wife used to say, I can't believe it's hard. What the hell does he think he's doing out there? Come on, girl, hold still. One more complaint from the FCC, and he's history. I mean, she was a wild girl, a very wild girl. Well, she made me French toaster, tongue got caught in a toaster. I mean, a wild girl. In fact, when I met her, she was doing push-ups the cucumber guard. Hey, at least this isn't the Wally Sparks show, you know? I like to have all the girls Wally turned down. Oh, yeah? I like to have all the girls you turned over. Oh. Our guests today all live far beyond the borders of normalcy. Everybody, I'd like you to meet the man who has fallen in love with the family dog, Harry Karp and Queenie. No wonder all the critics are saying talk shows are going to the dogs. How did all this happen? Last week he bought her this. A collar with 14 one-carat diamonds. In all the years that we were married, he never bought me anything like that. Well, honey, maybe you're not doing the right tricks, you know? <laughs> what am I supposed to do, sit up and beg? Well... It's better than rolling over and playing dead for the past 15 years. Oh, you're impossible. Addie says you're being a dog, too. How long do you think that a relationship like this will last? In dog years? Calmly and without swearing. I hope that little bitch gives you rabies. I told you never to call her that! Hey, folks, settle down! Please! Everybody calm down. No! Get the security guys. Wally Sparks. I tell you what I think about Wally Sparks. Wally Sparks. Wally Sparks. What do I think about Wally Sparks? Wally Sparks is a pain in the ass. Wally Sparks is still on TV. He's still alive. I thought those were just reruns. Cisco and Eva caught my show. They give me one finger up. <laughs> He's a has-been. He's a never-was. He's a wannabe. He doesn't behave properly. Obnoxious, overbearing idiot. The only trouble is I'm sitting on top of the world and I got hemorrhoids. I like him, though, actually. I've seen him in a bathrobe, though. Wally Sparks is an idiot. And he's a lousy leg, too. I think men like that should be locked up. <laughs> Don't go away. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to teach you married men how to look at another woman's ass without your wife noticing it, okay? When we come back. Now, a few cameos in the last clip were Julia Sweeney and Gilbert Gottfried as the dog couple, George Hamilton and Alana Stewart, Tim Allen and Roseanne Barr. One of Wally's biggest adversaries is the governor of Georgia, Floyd Preston, played by David Ogden Steers, and he's now running for senator. He wants Wally's show off the air for indecency and corrupting the youth of America. The governor's wife is a complete dingbat named Emily Cindy Williams, and his daughter Priscilla, played by Lisa Thornhill, is more like him and away at college. Wally has an adult son named Dean, played by Michael Weatherly. You might remember him as Dinozo from NCIS and also the recently canceled Bull. Wally's show producer and confidant is Sandy Gallo, played by Debbie Mazur. Unfortunately, because the show is completely nuts and full of freaks that should not be given airtime, unfortunately the same can't be said today in the internet, Wally's show ratings have fluctuated. Most importantly, he is losing sponsors to which the head of the network, Lenny Spencer, played by Burt Reynolds, tells Wally he's going to cancel his show. Sandy convinces Spencer to give Wally a week to turn things around and change the format of his show. 
Spencer's not a bad guy and actually likes Wally and has a history with him. However, Spencer's assistant, Alan, is a weasel and wants to make sure that Wally is gone for good. We get another cameo and a nod to the TV show Taxi as we get Tony Danza, of course named Tony because he's pretty much Tony in everything he was in, and he's uh, driving a taxi. Sandy tells Wally he's received an official invitation to the mansion for Governor Preston for a fundraiser. What Sandy and Wally don't realize is that the invitation was a prank by the governor's teenage son, Robbie. Now, Robbie is a big fan of Wally's show and is getting back at his father for being so uptight. Sandy and Wally arrive at the party, and Sandy sneaks in a video camera in order to grab some undercover footage for the show. We get another cameo from the great comedian George Wallace, who's playing a bartender at the party. Sandy bumps into the governor's campaign manager, Harvey Bishop, played by Mark L. Taylor, and cozies up to him, hoping to get some dirt. In the meantime, Wally is basically acting like himself, offending everyone as possible with his dirty jokes. It's not like he's trying to be a jerk, but this isn't his crowd, to say the least. The governor actually sees Wally rubbing his back against a woman's dress because he's got an itch he can't reach. You can imagine what this looks like. The governor can't believe Wally is at the party, but doesn't want to cause a scene. We then get the funniest scene in the film, which is why I still remember this film today. I specifically remember my friend and I just roaring in the theater for this scene, and it still cracks me up today. I'll play the scene, but it's really a sight gag, and I'll explain after the clip. Hi, you come here often? Don't worry, honey, I'm not making a play for you. I don't want this guy. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Good evening, sir. <laughs> it's uh, quite a night, huh? It certainly is, sir. How come they're all staring at me? They must recognize you from the show. It's Governor Preston. So Wally is sitting alone on a bench outside and there is a statue on each side of him. One male, one female, both nude sculptures. So the smashing noise you heard is when Wally inadvertently breaks off the penis of the male statue. He quickly tries to replace it, but a couple then sits on the bench. He then decides to put the broken penis into his pocket. <laughs> So Sandy finds him, and then Wally returns to the party with what looks like a huge erection in his pants, and he's oblivious. He's walking around the party, talking to people, including the governor and his wife, including dancing with her. It is seriously hilarious. Sandy eventually notices Wally's issue, and then he dumps the dick into a platter of food. <laughs> if you only see the movie for this one scene, it's worth it, I'm telling you. We then get another cameo from singer Michael Bolton, who of course is a fan of Wally, much to the dismay of the governor. He ends up singing George on my mind, and you look, you get a terrific mullet from that Michael Bolton. So Sandy accidentally drops a video camera, which is hidden in her purse, into a bowl of punch. Now they eventually get the camera out, and Sandy finds an empty room with a TV and tries to hook up the camera to see if the footage was damaged. What happens is another priceless scene as they end up wiring the TV to the entire house. Look at it, it's the rewind button. It's stuck. <laughs> I 
So what ends up getting shown as Wally is messing around with the video camera is an endless video loop of him accidentally bumping into the governor from behind when he was on the dance floor. So use your imagination, folks, but keep in mind, Wally still had the statue appendage in his pocket at the time. So that gets shown to the entire party. By the way, prior to that scene, Wally had footage of a porn movie featuring Ron Jeremy on the tape being used, so it was quite the video presentation for the governor. The party continues and Wally continues to get plastered and ends up at a horse stable outside the mansion. He then decides it's rude to drink alone and puts some alcohol into the feed bucket for the governor's prize horse. We then cut back to the main house where the governor is attempting to address his guests and then all of a sudden the house starts shaking and the waitstaff starts running around like mad as Wally is now riding a very drunk horse through the house. <laughs> Wally is eventually tossed out of the window after the horse decides to charge the bar since he wanted more booze. The horse that is, not Wally. The next day, all of the headlines treat the incident as Wally being the hero, taming a wild horse and saving the governor. Wally, in the meantime, gets to recuperate in the governor's mansion. The newfound publicity is actually going to help Wally's show. And this act of good faith of having Wally recuperate at his mansion is also giving positive press to the governor. We get some more cameos of actors playing news reporters. We get Bob Saget, stuttering John Melendez from The Howard Stern Show, and Karen Duffy, who was a former MTV VJ. Sandy decides to play up Wally's injuries by putting him in a wheelchair and having him broadcast a show from the governor's mansion. The governor agrees to the positive press by having Wally stay at his home because it's worth it for his campaign. Now, the first show is a hilarious disaster as two sumo wrestlers take on two WWE-style wrestlers, which ends up as you might imagine. Lenny Spencer at the network is officially done with Wally after seeing the latest show, but Sandy works her magic and says that Wally will have an exclusive interview with the governor, even though she really hasn't arranged anything. In the meantime, the governor's daughter Priscilla comes home from college and is horrified to find Wally staying at the house. However, Wally's son Dean is also staying at the house, and of course, he and Priscilla have a mutual attraction which helps soften her stance on Wally. Also, Mr. Spencer's assistant, Alan, who again hates Wally and wants his show to end, is spying on Wally, trying to catch him, not being as injured as he claims. However, Alan's a complete buffoon and almost gets himself killed in a car accident that you'll just have to watch to understand. Wally's getting stir-crazy, having to act like he can't walk, so he decides to call in a professional nurse, played by Wesley Ann Dowd, to uh, help him out. Escorts. Ah, here's one. We will fill any fantasy. Hi. Hello. I'm here to see Mr. Wally Fox. Oh, yes. Upstairs, first door to the right. <laughs> Whatever your house call fee is, please. Put it on our bill. Oh, Mr. Sparks already paid with his credit card. We always get paid up front the way we operate. <laughs> oh, oh, they're gonna operate. Man's a menace. I don't care if they sue me. He is not doing another broadcast from this house. But that's not an option, sir. With all due respect. You see, sir, after airing your campaign spots during the sumo show, awareness among young voters has gone way up. Having Sparks here has actually helped us. In fact, I think you should consider doing his show. Harvey, I happen to think it's time for you to go now. Yes, sir. Well, I'll just leave you here to ponder the possibility. Mm. Just kind of kick it around in mm -hmm. your head. Just try it on for size. Bye, Harvey. 
been real nice doing business with you, boy. Well, I'll tell you one thing, honey. You should be the head nurse. <laughs> a hooker, what a business that is. Oh, a hooker, that's the best racket in the world. I mean, you got it, you sell it, and you still got it. Back out of the election? Mama, darling, are you all right? Don't know. Uh, <clears throat> I think I'm having an anxiety attack. Oh, darling. I'll get the nurse. <laughs> Thanks for the house call, honey. Bye-bye. Hi, your wife's in here to uh, take care of you. I'm a great deal of stress of late. Oh, well, you just sit back and relax, and don't you worry this little head about nothing. Well, I really do appreciate this, but I really can't see what you're able to do. Great balls of fire! What's going on in there? Oh, I'm sorry, honey. He just wasn't up to it. <laughs> so Wally ends up playing bridge with the governor's wife, Emily, and her two friends. And because it's this type of movie, Wally pours the southern ladies' drinks, which has to be iced tea. But it's a Long Island iced tea, and it becomes strip bridge. And then since it's a Rodney Dangerfield movie, he ends up singing because why the hell not? And this is the same shtick he's done in every film since Back to School. This time, the song is old-time rock and roll from Bob Seger as the three women end up dancing in their underwear like Tom Cruise in Risky Business. This eventually turns into a whole lot of shaking going on. And of course, the governor arrives with the cardinal of the Catholic Church just in time to see his wife and her friends in all their drunken half-clothed glory. All right, there's about 30 minutes left. Will Wally get his interview with the governor, or will he just kick him out of the house? And will Wally get to even keep his show? And will the governor win his election? It's all answered, though I'm pretty sure you can guess the outcome, since it's a Rodney Dangerfield screwball comedy. Look, if you like Rodney Dangerfield, you'll probably enjoy portions of this film. If you don't like him, just skip this one. This is not back to school in quality, or even easy money. But look, it's still fun if you have a juvenile sense of humor. Obviously, I do. You want to be easily amused without having a message attached to it. This is a film for you. This type of film is needed more than ever today <laughs> with everyone so uptight. I mean, comedies are dead, but hey, forget it. All right, one fun fact. Gilbert Godfrey said on his great podcast, which is called Gilbert Godfrey's Amazing Colossal Podcast, that he has never actually seen this movie that he appeared in. All right, that's it for me. You probably skipped this week if you're into highbrow films, but that's okay. I have a ton of episodes you can check out. And I'll be back next week with possibly a better movie. You never know. It is my DVD collection, after all. So see you next week. Come hang out and chill with Brian A. Davis and the Bad Beat. Wednesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on ThatMetalStation.com. <laughs>